0: In today's show, we're looking at lows. We're looking at sell highs for fantasy basketball. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-ball and on Instagram at Locked on Fantasy Basketball. This episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions that you don't need or you don't want and can even negotiate better deals on the ones that you want to keep. We're here doing a buy low, sell high show, and as always, I must issue a disclaimer. A buy low or a sell high does not mean, a buy low does not mean must trade for this player. A sell high does not mean must trade this guy away. If you've got a player that's outperforming and it's on the sell high list, in a lot of the cases, you're just going to go, man, this is awesome. I'm just going to bloody enjoy it. But if there is an ability to trade that player away at max value or close to it, you do it. On a buy low, that doesn't mean acquire that player for what you think their value is gonna be the rest of the season. You look for managers who are frustrated, who might be able to um, not see the vision for that player improving. Again, it does not mean must grab players. It does not mean must trade away players. So in the past, when I put out things, hey, look at, see if DeMar De Rosen's a sell high, or look if Scotty Barnes is a sell high, you're crazy, you can't trade them away. Well, you can if you get like crazy value back. That's the point of it, is trying to maximize what's happening at the current time to see who gets influenced by that level of play, especially when there are other factors contributing to that level of play, whether in a positive or negative way. That's what we're trying to achieve here and getting that value. But most of the time, trades, you just won't do them. You don't have to do them all the time. You you just don't have to. And picking your spots and getting the right trades in the right areas is a great way to have success in fantasy. Now we started doing this last week, so I'm gonna do it again today. Recapping what we did, in the low sell High Show last week. Yusuf Nurkic was a low last week. He didn't improve that much. He went from 157th to 130th of last week. And now, of course, he's in COVID protocols. Tirojia, that was always going to step up. He was 311th. He's now 121st. He's still uh, not firing on all cylinders, but that's better. Marcus Smart went from 192nd to 99th. That was a good low. Alec Burks, yeah, that didn't work out too well, did it? Alec Burk. He went from 171st to 229th, and now it appears that he's lost the starting spot, so that is very, very far from ideal, while Cole Anthony was 110th and out with an ankle injury, and he is 25th in that game that he returned. So there's still some issues with Anthony with his ankle, but I still think that that buy low was a good option. In terms of sell highs, Tyrese Halliburton went from 15th to 10th, so he actually improved. I still think there's a sell high with him. You might not be able to do it because Fox is back but that was the reason why he was a sell high. Um, Karis Levert went from 32nd to 39th, so a little bit of a dip for him. I still think there's going to be somewhat of a dip coming, but the Malcolm Brogdon absence helped kept his value up. Monty Morris went from 48th to 213th. That was as obvious as dog's balls. Desmond Bain went from 55th to 49th, so he actually improved, and now we've got no Brooks and Melton, so his value is going to stay high. While the Duck, Luke Kennard, even though Paul George is out, he went from 63rd down to 305th. Big, big change there. Let's look at some sell-high options now. And we start in New York with, of course, the man who replaced Alec Burks. Hello, Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker is the 19th-ranked player over the last two weeks in category leagues and in points leagues. So putting up some really, really good numbers. He was traded, though, straight up for Chris Middleton. Walker is doing this on a few things that don't feel realistic to me. 40 minutes a night to begin with. He was doing it without Emmanuel quickly. Um, No McBride, no Grimes. Barrett only in for one game. Just a ton of playing time. And Derek Rose is out. We know that. But do we really think that Kemba's going to play 40 a night? I don't think so. He's also coming... Oh, it's Tom Thibodeau, so maybe. But Kemba wouldn't last I wouldn't have thought playing that many minutes. He's also getting over eight rebounds per game, which seems very high. He's hitting over four threes per game. He's getting to the line six times and hitting 91%. I think Kemba's obviously a must-roster player for now. We don't know what the minutes will look like or how the rotation will look when Quickly is back and what that does for Walker and whether they just keep... Do they keep playing him 38 minutes a night? Because they weren't doing that at the start. he's was playing like 27, 28. But, yeah, I think if you can get a Chris Middleton, if you can get a top 40, top 50 player for Kemba, yeah, that would be a deal that I would be very, very interested in. Pat Mills... 26th ranked player over the last two weeks, 47th in points leagues. He was traded alongside the future MVP, Kyle Kuzma, for De'Aaron Fox. I think Mills and Fox are not even 12-team league guys long-term, and getting them for Fox is a huge steal. Mills is obviously rolling at the moment. Over the last four games, he's playing 39 minutes a night, 24% usage. He's averaging 25 points and hitting over five threes. He's doing it while shooting 48% from the field, 89 from the line and hitting 43% from three. And he can be a 43% three-point shooter, no problem. But playing 39 minutes and having that usage is just not realistic for him. There's There's been no Harden apart from one game. Kyrie is returning. Kevin Durant will be back. There's been no LaMarcus Aldridge. Joe Harris has got to come back. Yeah, Mills is the, what is he? The 184th ranked player. Uh, sorry, 113th ranked player this season in 31 minutes. I, I don't think he'll be top 150 uh, rest of season from here on out. If you can get him, if you can get Darren Fox back in a deal for Pat Mills, I think it's huge. Now, Mills probably going to have some extended value for the next couple of games while we wait for Durant to be back. That might be just literally one game, might be today. And then it further cuts down when Thomas, well, no, Cam Thomas, not going to be a huge impact, but it's some impact when Aldridge returns and then when Irving's back at the start of next year. All of that stuff's going to have an impact on Mills. And if the three ball's not going down in high volume, then the fantasy value is just not there for him. And don't expect you know 30 minutes a night that he's been getting this season, that is going to drop off for Patrick Mills. As much as I love the bloke, I just don't think he's gonna be able to maintain that level of production. But if you are also looking to not maintain your level of output in terms of how many subscriptions you're paying for, Truebill is the new app that is there to help you identify and stop paying for those subscriptions that you don't need, the subscriptions you don't want, and the subscriptions that you've even forgotten about. On average, people save up to 720 bucks per year using Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at truebill.com slash locked on MBA. Go right now. That's truebill.com slash locked on MBA. It could save you thousands a year truebuild.com slash locked on NBA let's go to another buy low player we're going to Phoenix we're going to Mikael Bridges who is the 169th ranked player over the last two weeks 182nd in points season let's just throw this out there now in a points league in a shallow format a 10 team or a 12 team I'm not even sure he's a must roster player he's better than 182nd but not significantly better in a category league, it is a big difference for me with McHale. McHale is the 78th or sorry, 95th ranked player this year. And I think he can be like in more well, 78th is where I have him projected rest of season. 169th is pretty poor. He was traded straight up for Jalen Brunson. I know Brunson's playing well, but that is a great sell high buy low combination right there. Bridges is a guy that gets by on high efficiency with good defensive stats. He's averaging 0.3 blocks and 0.9 steals over the last seven games. Yeah, this is a guy that can be two steals, one block. And yeah, that's high end, but he could. He's also shooting just 32% from three when he should be a 40% three-point guy. He's averaging 12 points, four rebounds, and 1.6 assists. There's With that low three-point percentage, the low defensive stats, it's very easy to see how how Mikhail Bridges can jump back up into the top 100, top 80, and have a run as a top 50 player. Let's go to Portland. Storm and Norman Powell. It looks like CJ McCollum is going to return soon. They're dealing with other absences now with um, Nurkic and Covington in COVID protocols. Their coach in COVID protocols as well. But Powell has been putting up some really, really good numbers, oh, quite obviously. Um, 39 minutes a night, there's your number one indicator. He would play in like 31, 32 when uh, Lillard and McCullum were healthy. 3.2 assists, and that's not a high number, but this is a guy that doesn't get many assists. 45% from three and 21 points. But those 39 minutes, those seven extra minutes he's probably playing. He's 93rd this season, Norm Powell. And he's now 50th in category leagues and 60th in points leagues. It's just the absence of McCullum has helped his usage and has helped his playing time a lot. In a points league, he's not even a top 100 guy this year. So if you can get him and get a top 75 player back, top 80 player back, I, I think it's a big win. He relies heavily on big minutes, high efficiency, and a lot of usage. And when CJ returns, and then if the shooting dips, which again, he's doing that thing where he's combining high minutes with high efficiency at the same time to further elevate value. And then if that goes to 31 and that goes to 35 minutes and three-point percentage, then he's the 160th best player. And the value is just completely died in the ass. Let's look at the depressed penis Sadiq Bay. Baybay is 34th over the last two weeks. And let's not forget, he was delightfully shitful prior to this last little run that he's having at the moment. Like, horrid. He is the 141st ranked player this season in 33 minutes a night. It's not a minutes thing, although he is playing extra minutes, 38 a night. Jeremy Grant being out has really helped, but he's done the thing again. He's turned large improvements, or large increases in minutes. Paired that with an increase in usage and paired that with a huge increase in efficiency. So he's playing 38 a night. He's hitting 93 from the line on almost seven attempts and 54% on his twos. Now he he has been in one and a half years in the NBA, a horrid two-point shooter. Horrid, like 38, 39% at times. And he's gone at 54 here. He's averaging 23 points with seven rebounds. Not much in terms of defensive stats, but getting to the line a lot and hitting them. True shooting of 62%. 22 usage. Bay, I think, can maybe sniff the top 100, but top 40 feels crazy. In a points league, he's 48th, and for the year, he is 102nd. So you've got plenty of leeway to be able to trade him. Let's go to the last sell high before we hit buy lows, and that is Josh the Hitman Hart in New Orleans. Joshie is 37th over the last two weeks. I'm not, it's not like I'm expecting Zion Williamson to return any point soon, but Valanciunas has been out the last couple of games. Now Brandon Ingram's got a sore Achilles. Yeah, so there are a few things pointing towards Hart, but there are a lot. There's a lot happening here that he is very unrealistic. He's 71st this season and has clearly exceeded any of my expectations. I did not think he'd be this good at all. In fact, the way, the way he started the season, he started that first game and then didn't look great and then hurt his knee and then was a bit iffy coming back and we didn't know if he was going to start or not. And now he's dominating. But 39 minutes a game, 5.4 assists is a lot. He's never been that level of assist guy before. He has a lot this season. That doesn't stop it dropping off. But 59% field goals, which includes 70% from two and 43% from three. He is just not that good of a shooter. So that those the, pair the 39 minutes with a true shooting of 71 and it is going to dip. It might not dip out of the top 100, but out of the top 50, yeah, it's going to dip. So you're looking at either distressed guys, distressed assets, buy low options who are struggling, who are going to step back up, or just consistent players who are top 50, top 60 guys and seeing if you can execute a deal like that. 30 in points leagues as well, Joshy Hart, over that time frame. Let's look at some buy low players now and we'll start in Cleveland with Lowry Markkinen. Markkinen was traded straight up in a deal for um, Malik Beasley, that doesn't feel it doesn't feel right, does it? He just doesn't. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. And now I've just realised that I, I went out of order on this show, which is annoying. I put that um, Mikhail Bridges buy low in the middle of the sell highs. I do apologise for that. Hopefully you're able to keep track of it. Um, as for Larry Markin, traded straight up for Malik Beasley. Now Beasley is playing well at the moment, um, but. Is that a long-term thing? No. It's because Edwards and Beverly and Russell and Towns are all out. And Beasley's not a rosterable player. Now, this is where we turn Markkinen's struggles. He you had know, 293rd over the last two weeks, 222nd in points leagues. And he try and get something out of it. Now, I am not convinced that Lowry, Markkinen will remain must-roster the rest of the season. He's 133rd in category leagues. Now, that's not particularly good. But I guess it's more looking at 14-team formats where he is a must-roster, and I'm not sure Beasley is. when you were looking at that sort of a player. But and struggling, 38.7% shooting. He hasn't got a single steal in his last five games. He's had two blocks in his last five games. We're not expecting him to be a big shot blocker, but at least get me four blocks in five games, like double that number. Get me four steals in five games. That would be great. He's also hitting 18.5% from three. That is what the uh, Oxford Dictionary would define as shithouse. It's bad, and that is dragging everything down. Only 11 points per game, under five rebounds. just anemic, anemic numbers. In a 10-10 league, just drop him. Like I don't care about that. Um, but of course, if you're talking by low, we're looking more to 12, deeper 12s, 14. Get him at a very cheap price because of his current struggles. But if you are looking for the best place to place your bets... The answer is easy. It is Bet Online it has you covered all holiday season with more props, odds and lines than ever before as football marches towards the college bowls and the pro football playoffs. BetOnline is your number one spot for all sports action this season. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code LOCKEDON. From basketball to football, the NHL, boxing, UFC, or right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait and take advantage of all of the great offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline is where the game starts. Sean Holmes um, not playing particularly well and the reason I put this one here normally I'd look at these numbers over the last two weeks and anyone who's played one or two games I'd ignore it he's 324th over the last two weeks Holmesy 341st in a points lead but I bring this up because yesterday multiple people said hey do I need to drop Rashawn Holmes hey I'm gonna drop Rashawn Holmes and when that happens my brain automatically just ticks off and goes okay so we're buying low then. Because he has played two games. He played 15 minutes a night. He is has scored four points total in those two games, shooting 29% from the field. It is beyond obvious that he will improve from here. Why are the Kings playing Tristan Thompson over him? He had 5,013 minutes last game. The other game... Yeah, he was coming back from the eye issue, and there was some foul issues there, and also some. Play- Tristan Thompson outplayed him at times, but this is not, this is not the the norm for Rashawn Holmes. There are going to be frustrations with him for sure, but this is not the norm. Someone traded him for Dennis Schroeder, like Schroeder shithouse, and he's out at the moment. That is an, a, a massive win, and again. A smart person would look at this for Holmes and go, well, he's not going to shoot 29% and average two points and play 15 minutes a night. A panicked person will go, Richard Holmes is shit, the Kings are shit, they're playing Tristan Thompson over him, we need to get rid of him. Um, That's how people will respond, oh, I'm going to drop him. So if someone drops him, of course you add him, but find out. Is the person who has him a panicker? Are they a reactionary? Go and get him. He's the 67th ranked player in 26 minutes. If he played thirty, he'd be a top forty guy. I'm not saying he's going to play thirty. He should, but the Kings are idiots. But I know he's not this bad. Go and get him. Barton. Will Barton. Um, he was traded straight up for Cristobalte. It's been a rough stretch for Barton, no doubt. Two hundred twenty eighth over the last two weeks. That's not really all that good. Under twenty eight minutes. Under ten points. Shooting thirty three percent from the field. Not even generating a steal per game and shooting under twenty one percent from three. So, again, the question's always going to be, when you look at these things and you go, do I think Will Barton Raw main, a 33% shooter, shooting 21% from three, playing 28 minutes? And your answer's got to be, kids, cover your ears, of fucking course not. Like, no, there is no way. And then it's about extracting the right value in a trade. No one's going to trade you a 200th strength player for him. Because he's the 90th ranked guy this year. You might be able to get him, though, for a combination of your two worst players you might be able to throw you know, Chris Duarte. Barton will improve. That field goal will come up. The steals will come up. The three-pointers will come up. The minutes will come up. It'll all come up. It seems really obvious, but people are, oh, this guy killed me in my matchup last week. Oh, he shit has. And hey, I've had multiple questions. Man, is this what we're going to expect from Barton rest of season? Should I be dropping Will Barton? Multiple people. So, attack, attack, attack. And let's look at Dan Gafford as well. People don't really believe in Dan Gafford. Oh, when Thomas Bryant comes back, they're going to limit Gafford. And maybe they do. Maybe they do. I'm tr- when I try to look at these things, I look at it as to what does this organization believe? And what do I believe? Do those two things marry up? They just extended Gafford. They did extend Bryant as well before his ACL. And without Gafford, if Harold and Bryant are your centers, you have no defense. No defense at all. So I think if anyone's going to miss out, it's going to be Bryant, and then next is probably Harrell. I'm not saying Gafford's playing thirty because he's not, but I think he's got a relatively safe role. He was traded, ironically. Ironically, it's not ironic, is it? He was traded with Montrezl Harrell for Stephen Adams. Now I think both Harrell and Gafford are better than Adams, so that was a weird deal. Two hundred third over the last two weeks for Gaff, two hundred eighteenth in points leagues, and why? looks all right for a field goal percentage. This is a 65 to 70% guy. That is a huge dip. He's had one single steal in the last six games and just four blocks in the last six games. You would hope for 10 blocks from Gafford. You would hope for five to six steals. You would hope for 70% from the field. And all those numbers push him back inside the top 120 at the very, very least. Like, this is not... Yeah, you know, this is not like a situation where, I oh, yeah, he's he's up he's up and down. Well, no, so it is a situation where he's up and down. But this is not a regular thing. He's 107th for the season. Like, I'm I'm pretty happy with getting him at a cheaper price, if I can. And what I also can do is tell you that that's the end of the show. So follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. Give me a thumbs up here on YouTube. Leave a comment below. And I'm so sorry for screwing up the order there and putting Bridges, mixing him in the sell highs. I hope you were able to gather. Well, you could have on YouTube because you can see the headline where it says buy low. But with the way I was talking about him, where I was saying that he was a buy low, it just mixed up, missed up the flow. Mixed up the flow. Now my whole flow is mixed up. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.